Hey there, and welcome to the Unlikely Artist Podcast, where I'll teach you how to gain the freedom you need to become who you want, instead of who you've been telling yourself you need to be. I'm Heather Kerr. I went from international tax to art and coaching because those are the things I've been yearning to do. Listen in to find out how you can start doing what you love to in slow, easy steps each week. Let's dive in now. Hello, Savvy Souls. Well, I thought about you this morning when I was painting. I've talked before, I'm changing my whole painting style to do some new things. And so I'm doing a lot of experimenting and evaluating. And I'm working on this painting and I was getting very caught up in these vibrant colors I was using and yet when I step back to look at it, there really was too much vibrant color in there. It kind of clashes with each other. So I'm going to have to tone it down and make some other changes. So it all works together because you see at the end of the day, the thing that's really important is that when somebody looks at the painting, even if it's got vibrant colors in it, it has to feel harmonious. And that's why I was thinking about harmony. And I started to think about you because I think it's important that we talk about how to find more harmony in our lives. At the end of the day, when the pieces of our life fit together in a harmonious whole, that's when we get that overall feeling of well-being that we strive for. There are a lot of ways we can unintentionally create disharmony in our lives, but when we're aware of those things, then we can pay attention to them and uh, we can solve for them. Today, I'm going to talk about four ways that you might be creating disharmony in your life and how to solve for that. And I'm going to be referring to my painting analogy just because that's on my brain. So I think in terms of metaphors, and that's how I'm thinking right now. So when I was talking about my painting, too much color. And that comes from me wanting to do all the things and wanting all the colors and loving that intensity of the feeling. And not really focusing on one color or another. There, there's disharmony created when they're just all equally present and they're all fighting with each other. It's like that in life. For some of us, we want to do all the things and we feel intensely about all of them, equally intensely about all of them. And what can happen is we spin. We go from one thing to another. And pretty quickly, we can get feeling behind. I know I've had a tendency to do that. I've created a lot of things in my life that I like to do. So I love to paint. I love to coach. I love to write. I love to spend time out in my garden and on the acreage and to be outside. I like to create things for clients outside. I like to create workshops. But if I try to do all of them, 
all at once without focusing on one or another, I can, can spin. And what I can find myself doing is when I'm working on one thing underneath, there's a sense of unease about the other thing I'm not doing. Cause I want to do them all brilliantly and well, and I'm not prioritizing. And so I'm, whenever I'm doing one thing, I feel guilty about the other things. So instead, what we can do is, yes, do all the things, but pick a period of time, whether it's a day, a week, or a month, six months, whatever, and focus on the one or two things you want most for that time period only. Don't go through your whole to-do list. When you do that, your brain will notice what you're not doing just like when I was talking about when I was doing one thing, I keep thinking about the other stuff that I'm not doing. And basically when you're focusing on what you're not doing and you're thinking about it and feeling guilty about it, it makes it feel like you're failing. I think that's why like in the new year, when you, if you set a lot of goals and you try to focus on them all at once, it can lead to a sense of failure. And that's why a lot of us stop pursuing our goals. So I'd say the solution is to prioritize one or two things at a time. Make it easy for your brain. Let it let it let go of the other things. Create little successes instead of feeling overwhelmed with everything. Notice your successes in the things you're prioritizing. And then when you're content with that, move on to something else. Second way we create disharmony is we focus so much on one thing, we forget about everything else. Okay, that might sound a little bit contradictory to my first point, but no, in the first point, I'm talking about how we focus our attention in a particular time period when we're doing something. Here, I'm looking at stepping back and looking at our overall lives. A painting analogy here is, let's say I focus exclusively on composition, composing my painting, really thinking about how the space is and how it draws in the viewer. So I draw out the painting ahead and I know where everything's going to be, but I don't think at all about the the color. I think, oh, I'm just going to let it flow. Or I don't think about the brushwork and whether I want it loose or tight. I just focus on composition and what ends up happening is, yeah, I had a great composition, but I end up with an unattractive painting. The painting doesn't do it for me. It doesn't do what I want at all. In life, an example would be where I focus exclusively on my career. I let it subsume my life. I don't build social connections. I don't create time to do what lights me up. My thought is, if my career falls into place, everything else will take care of itself. No, it's just not true. The result will be, I don't have the social support I need to feel truly content. I don't spend time exploring. Things are important to me. I don't play and explore my creativity. And the result is, I don't show up my best anywhere, including at work. At work, I'm not as inspiring. At work, I'm not as fun to be with. 
I'm sometimes even having trouble paying attention because I feel unfulfilled and I'm daydreaming about other things I'd like to do. I'm not showing up at work fueled with creative ideas. I don't do as well at work as I could. And also, I don't create a life I want. I want to talk about a couple examples about why this is really important. When I was working as a lawyer several years, several decades, during that period, I saw so many people completely lost when they retire. I remember going to a retiring partner's dinner where we celebrated people that were leaving with my ex. And we were sitting there, we were listening to this guy and he was he basically was supposed to just get up and kind of thank people and say goodbye. But he got, he spoke for 45 minutes about all of the very specific business deals he'd done the tax work on. And he just sounded so sad because he had nothing else in his life going on. He was going to be leaving this job with nothing waiting for him. In one of my earliest episodes I interviewed the wonderful Tom Ashbourne, who's an internationally famous sculptor, stone sculptor who lives in the regional area I live, but he used to be a finance VP for a bank. And one of the reasons he's able to live this life now is he committed while he was in this super busy job to spending 15 hours every week doing something not work-related, making sure that he had passions and interests. So he gardened and he collected art. And it was through his collection of art that gave him the idea to try his hand at sculpting and has led to his post-finance career success. Another example of over-focusing on your career to your detriment is I remember being involved both at my accounting firm and before that at the law firms with the hiring decisions and the um, promotion decisions. And I remember one guy, we were considering whether to put him on partnership track. He was one of the, he'd build one of the highest number of hours of any of the articling or not articling any of the associates. And I think that made him feel that, yes, I'm showing my intense commitment to the firm by billing so many hours and for sure I'll be on partnership track. But we didn't put him on partnership track because he was so single-minded. He didn't have social skills. He wasn't engaging. He, He really didn't have anything to offer. And when we're working for clients, it's about relationships and we have to bring our whole selves to work. So that's another example of over-focusing on his career made him perform not as well. The third example I have, I'm going to talk about her before. I can't remember. It was a former client of mine. She's now a chief executive officer, but when I coached her, she was a chief financial officer and she was over-focused on her job, which was very demanding, and her company was in a crunch, and she was trying to secure financing. But she was so over-focused on it, she felt completely overwhelmed and wasn't enjoying life much. And she was trying to decide whether to quit so she could do the sculpture and painting that she wanted to do. 
And at the end of the day, what we did was, it was so simple. We just created time, committed time for her every week to do her art and do things that light her up. And she found herself going to work and being efficient, clearing stuff off her desk because she was so energized, um, being more personable. And, you know, I think ultimately that helped her become a CEO. So a solution to this problem of over-focusing on one part of your life. And I've talked a lot about careers because that's what a lot of you focus on, but it could be any aspect of your life. So I'd say on a regular basis, say, I don't know, every two or three months, quarterly, whatever suits you, evaluate your over-life. Do it in categories. You know, health, family, uh, social connections, hobbies and interests career, like just all the things, all the areas of life where you want to thrive and discover, is there an area of my life I've forgotten about, an area of my life that would be worth paying more attention to? A third way we can get into disharmony in our lives is to forget to focus on how things make us feel. I think in society, we get overly task-oriented. It becomes all about the action we're taking, the steps we're taking, the things that we do, and we judge ourselves on that basis, and we judge our lives on that basis, on our accomplishments, and we forget to step back and ask, how do I feel when I do this? How am I feeling when I accomplish all these things? How am I feeling in my life right now? Do I feel generally contented? Does it feel like my life is clicking? Do I feel a sense of ease? Do I feel a sense of purpose? How does it feel? So like going back to my painting analogy, when I focus on how beautiful each color is on its own, I'm forgetting to feel how the painting works all together. I'm focused on the next little piece of my painting instead of the whole. So what I need to do is step back and ask, how does this painting feel overall? Does it click? Does it all work together? What do I need to do to change to make it work together and create that sense of harmony and ease I'm seeking in the painting? And Savvy Souls, it's like that with your life. Don't get lost in all the specifics and all the actions and forget about how the totality of your life feels. The solution is to stop and just pay attention. Notice how your life feels. Are you generally, generally content? What changes could you make to feel better every morning when you wake up and start your day? So, it's really a matter of taking stock and noticing how you feel. A little exercise that we did in coach training several years ago, and I found really enlightening and really useful to really know how he's feeling was to set a timer for a particular time or three or four times during the day and for a week, stop when the alarm rings and write down, you know, the emotion I'm feeling and what I'm thinking. Just write those things down. And then at the end of the week, you can look over your data points and you can see 
how you're generally feeling. It's a great way to not hide your feelings from yourself. Sometimes we're feeling overwhelmed and we're not noticing that we're actually really content a lot of the time. And we just remember the little stressful moments. And other times we've just forgotten how to feel and we're accomplishing all these things and we're focused on that. And we don't notice that we're feeling not so great a lot of the time. So that can be a really, really useful exercise. And finally, the fourth point I'm going to make, which is related to three a little bit, because it's about feeling, but it's more specific. The way you can create disharmony is to value states of being, like being peaceful, creating inner stillness, being present. We tend to go for the more energetic, interesting, thriving states of being like excitement, energetic, inspired. It's like in my painting, when I have too many vibrant colors, they fight with each other and don't let us enjoy any of them. So in your life, a sense of frenetic excitement, intensely positive feelings all the time, contrary to what you might think, do not create a sustainable sense of well-being that you and me and all of us desire. It's really the feelings of peace, calm, stillness, presence, of being here in the moment, of being where we are right now without striving that actually lead us to that feeling of overall well-being. So the solution here is easy. Take some time every day just to be present. Get out of your house for a moment and go for a walk for half an hour. Notice where you are. Notice the sights and sounds. Don't listen to music or a podcast as you go. Just Take in what's around you. Really look, smell, breathe in the air, feel the temperature, feel the breeze on your cheek. Get into that moment. Or get out of your head for half an hour by putting away your to-do list and mental agendas. Sit in a chair and just scan your body. Spend 5, 10, 15 minutes just feeling into your body, noticing the sensations in your toes and in your legs and in your core and your arms, your shoulders, notice any area of tensions, notice any buzzing or anything else you're feeling. Or you can pause and eat a delicious meal, like one bite at a time, savor every, every bite, really notice what you're eating, give gratitude for all the abundance of the food that you have, or turn on some music, music that you love and listen to a great song, turn up the volume and let the music kind of flow into you, be with it, really listen to it. All of these kind of things get you out of your head and into the moment and really help you create that sense of peace and harmony in your body. Speaking of harmony, I really do love 
the word harmony. So as I thought about doing this episode topic, I looked it up. It coincidentally means a state of peaceful existence and agreement, a combination of parts into a pleasing whole, congruity. And that's what I most want for you this year, Savvy Souls, a feeling of harmony in your life, a state of peaceful existence, a combination of all the parts of your life into a pleasing whole. So to recap the ideas I threw at you today to help you move forward, to move towards this ideal, first, break down your time and focus on only one or two things at a time. Create little successes that help you feel like life is clicking along for you. Secondly, stop every few months and evaluate all the parts of your life. Notice, are there areas you're forgetting? Ask yourself whether you need to shift your priorities and figure out how to do that. Thirdly, notice how your life actually feels. Stop your flurry of action and observe how your choices are making you feel. Consider changes you could make to increase the overall contentment you experience in your life. And finally, take time every day to be present, move out of action, and enjoy the moment. Bring more peace and well-being into your life. So that's a wrap for today, Savvy Souls. Go out, have yourselves a harmonious week. If you find any of the ideas here difficult to figure out how to implement in your own life and you'd like some help and guidance with that, you can book a free coaching consultation call with me. Just go on my website and find out how to do that. I'm at www.gracedcanvas.com. That's G-R-A-C-E-D-C-A-N-V-A-S.com. I'm taking on two more clients, so that could be you. See you next time. Bye now. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together. We'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want. <laughs>